Coming to you this Wednesday are your hosts, Notoriously Nicole and Tara from App Village Park. And you're listening to The Cravert Chronicles. Okay, so getting started, you know the drill on Monday um, on my story, we put up a poll asking for your choice on this week's topic, and the one that won was living intentionally. So I feel that this is a really great topic with Lent starting next week. It gives Mm -hmm. us this great segue into how we can be intentional with our lives and our relationship with Christ entering the Lenten season. Yeah. So Tara and I were doing a bit of research here because we want to go over a few good ways to talk about living intentionally, how we've done it in our personal lives and our perspectives. But we found a great article on the OSV News Catholic site Mm -hmm. and wrote an article on um, a book by Sherry Waddell. It's called Forming Intentional Disciples. So uh, Tara, do you want to go ahead and introduce that that first step? There are five steps that they talk about being intentional in following Jesus and the Lord. Yeah. So the first one is really about initial trust. Generally, and I'm just going to kind of point out what they say here, just so I make sure I clearly say this, but it's basically where a person is able to have a positive association with Jesus Christ, as well as the church, um, Mm -hmm. and to really identify as a Christian. So, Nicole, you and I were talking a little bit about living intentionally in general and how living intentionally exists for many people, whether they're Catholic or not. But I think looking at this through a Catholic lens is very different. And I can say for me personally, having had not been a Catholic prior, I really recognize uh, the difference between the two. So first of all, finding that initial trust for me really started with just believing in God because I not only didn't trust him, I didn't believe in him. So of course. <laughs> he wasn't there. He didn't exist. So trust though came after I had to, I think I mentioned in a prior podcast episode or even maybe on a post on Instagram that I intellectualize a lot. So as I've mentioned, my process to becoming Catholic started with a lot of research, a lot of trying to understand why Catholics do what they do and, and you know, what the rosary means, just what all of this stuff kind of means. So trust is something for me that formed probably, honestly, I would say over the past two years, even though I've been Catholic since 2010, I can't say that I really trusted Jesus and the church in full, which is kind of scary to say now that I'm thinking about it. But uh, But I I honestly think, though, that it's okay to admit that. And by you actually admitting that shows your growth there. I think with trust, it goes back to our prior conversation on wanting control in situations where Mm -hmm. you don't want to trust something until you know for sure that you're completely protected by it. And I think in my case, the difference was I've always had that trust as a foundation. And that's how in my upbringing, I was always told and I learned 
to trust in God, trust Jesus in anything that I do, no matter how big nor small that it is. But it's not easy. There are times where you say that you do as opposed to action. Right. And without that initial trust there, you can't really intend to fall into that faith, fall into Jesus, letting him know, Lord, I trust you completely. And this is all for you to help me through. Without you, I can't do anything. Right. I think to kind of add to that a little bit, living intentionally for me really means to have a belief system, a set of values, Mm -hmm. a moral code, which to me is my Catholic, uh, my Catholic lens, I should say, Uh, that view that I look through is so, so important to me. I've been able to transform the way that I used to live intentionally to a less... Cater it to your faith. Yeah, cater it to my faith. And, you know, I mentioned in the beginning of this conversation how, again, living intentionally can mean something different to many different people. I'll just kind of share a little bit if you're okay with it. If Absolutely. Talk a little bit about what living intentionally looked like for me. And you and I, Nicole, had talked to how living intentionally, at least in my, from my perspective, was kind of a buzzword or a buzz term, I should say, Mm -hmm. a lot like mindfulness is. And there's nothing wrong with mindfulness. There's nothing wrong with living intentionally. But I think that I sort of jumped on this bandwagon of, oh, I need to be mindful and I need to live intentionally. And that's great. That's beautiful. But living intentionally, when I look back, a lot of what I had done to live intentionally was kind of selfish, I suppose, for lack of a better word. So I spent a lot of time making choices to be more intentional with my finances and with my health and with my career, which were all really good things, but I was so focused on myself. There was no God that I was giving anything up to. I I wasn't waiting to receive answers on the life that I should be living. I was just going by whatever I wanted to personally do. And you were trusting yourself and only yourself. Yes, that's it. I was trusting myself. And that has changed so much. I kind of want to ask you, because again, this is just for my convert side of things. But for you, what would you say intentionally living, living intentionally rather, looked like? Well, I think as we were just talking about not trusting yourself only and Mm -hmm. putting that trust on God. But it's hard. It's very hard to not want that control. I know we keep going back to this word. As you're talking, I thought of Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So that to me, I think the answer is right there as a Catholic. Okay. You are continually putting things at Jesus's cross, anything that comes up that you might be unsure of, or even things that you might be sure of. Because that's the other problem I think that a lot of people have is they assume that they could only go to God and trust in him when things aren't going well. And they forget to kind of go and say, Lord, things are actually going really well. And I want to put my trust in you to to know that you will continue to make it that way, or at least keep me going in the right direction. Because it goes back to that sense of pride and self-acknowledgement. And you're giving yourself all of that. And you are 
saying, well, I was wise enough to do this. I can't trust anybody else. I could only trust me. And that's this mindset that society keeps pushing nowadays, especially in young women. They say, don't trust anybody. Only trust yourself. Only do what's good for you. Yes. And there's not that, Jesus, I trust in you because without you, I I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And that I think is from my personal experience. That's just how I've approached things. Okay. From as a little girl, I always had some sort of dialogue with God to say, Jesus, I trust in you. If Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing well in school or I struggled with something, I always brought it to God. Even now, I find myself saying this for work. On my way to work, I pray, Lord, help me to trust in you to help get me through if I encounter a challenge Mm -hmm. on a project I'm working on, or if I need assistance with something, I trust you to give me that confidence. Yeah. Answers your question a little bit. I know it went off in a few different directions. No, it does. I think it's going to when we have a conversation, especially about this, because we come from very different perspectives. And I don't know that you and I have necessarily sat down and thought about the specifics of this until we made the decision to really share this with everyone and and kind of talk about our thoughts. So we're both trying to get this out and really think about how this has looked in our lives. But when when you were talking, it got me thinking, just in addition to the whole trust factor, for me, I've had to And I've told you this before too, Nicole, but I've had to really focus less on myself. Like you were saying, I'm really trusting. I was trusting in me and almost treating myself as God in that way, since I didn't necessarily believe or not believe in God. He just didn't exist to me at the time. Mm -hmm. Since I was really acting in that place, it's been quite a shift to get to a point where now I, I am doing what I think you've sort of described in in your level of trust with God. So that's a really good thing. Because of that, living intentionally has really shifted from being a focus solely on myself, my needs, my desires, what Mm -hmm. I can do only for my self-care, which again, nothing wrong with self-care, but uh, (laughs) and it's more about other people and putting my focus in bettering my family and my daughter. And really many times that's looked like putting myself last. And that's something that I may not have necessarily considered a few years ago. And I would have thought that was fine. It would have just been purely, I have to focus on me. It's all about me. That's normal. There's nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't have questioned it. And I would have put a label on that as living intentionally. But it's just changed so much. And I think that's really been the message that I've received since being a Catholic is that it's not all about me, right? I really need to, I have a vocation. So Mm -hmm. I have to really focus on other people and not as much on myself. So I have a husband, I have a daughter, I have a family. That's my vocation. And I need to put more of my energy And I guess then living intentionally, I have to be focusing more on others. And even when that spills into my career, because a lot of my life is at my job, that's just how it is. And I'm in the field of social services in a way. So I am needing to focus on others, but it just, sometimes it would feel like more of a daunting task. And it just feels so different now since becoming Catholic, living intentionally with the Catholic lens has really opened up and changed so much in my life for the better. 
And I think that by you mentioning that, you actually sort of touched on steps two and three. Uh So if we go and introduce those, so step two of forming intentional disciples talks about spiritual curiosity, where um, a person is intrigued by or desires to know more about Jesus in some aspect of the Christian faith. And Mm -hmm. then spiritual openness, which is step three, it's where you're acknowledging you to God in that you're open to that possibility of personal and spiritual trains. And like you just said, by focusing that intention on other people, or I guess what I'm trying to say is it's like we had talked about like a trickle down effect where once you open yourself up, you open up to the Holy Spirit. And you're placing God at the top of your list. Mm-hmm. And you are curious to have that relationship with God and you want that mm-hmm. with him. It trickles down into all these other relationships and situations in your life. Right. And I think that the other thing with living intentionally is you really need to desire that. You can't just be passive about it. Our spiritual relationship with the Lord is really a two-way street. But the sad part is he loves us so unconditionally that we forget sometimes that we just have to acknowledge that because he's knocking at our door and we are just, we're sitting in our room with music blasting and we're not hearing anything. We're just completely (laughs) blind to it sometimes that he is there no matter what. We can yell him in the face, say, no, I don't want to deal with this right now. Or we put all of these other distractions in the way, but then he's always there regardless. So having that curiosity for that relationship, I think really cultivates what you're really intending on doing in the face. Yes. From my perspective anyway, that's how I find myself doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. I have those really awesome days where I just, I want to sit and be in peace with the Lord and just feel, I have a feel like that spiritual feeling. But then there are other days where I could care less and I'm doing all of these other things. My mind is racing with work, with friends, with dinner at home, you know, all these little things. But there's still that desire deep down, but sometimes you need to work at it more for that relationship. Yes, that makes so much sense. I like how you said the word distractions because they're obviously everywhere. I just, as Mm -hmm. you were saying that, I'm thinking over my day-to-day routine and my mornings and just mornings that are so tough. And I feel like it takes forever to get out of bed and then you know trying to take care of you got a little one too to you got to get her started on her day I can't imagine I barely can get myself ready for the day (laughs) listen I don't know if I'll ever get used to it I thought I would just somehow get into a routine that's just not I mean maybe I could I just haven't tried (laughs) but you um, will you will (laughs) <laughs> maybe she'll just hit five and I don't know, get dressed on her own. <laughs> but, but I like how you, I really like how you talked about the distractions and the distractions really prevent us obviously from living intentionally, from really making the decision to live out our lives in the glory of God and just being who he wants us to be and spreading his message through our actions. I think our actions say everything about living intentionally. So it is mm-hmm. about the way we treat people. It is the way that we ded- our, dedicate ourselves to others and to God. And even looking at actually step four, spiritual seeking, 
that makes me think about prayer, which I know we've talked about before on this podcast. And prayer to me is all a part of that action stage, I guess, in mm-hmm. intentionally. We, to me, it's that relationship. That's how I continue to grow and form the relationship that I have with God. And there's many ways to do it, but prayer is one of the biggest ways that I do it. So living intentionally in my life requires prayer, if that makes sense. And I think because we are in those different stages of our personal relationship with God, just based off of our soul Catholic perspectives and upbringing for myself. So for you, spiritual seeking might be more prayer, but for me, prayer might not be enough. I need to go out and seek those young adult meetings. I need to feel like I'm in a group setting sometimes. For me, that's going that extra step for thinking, okay, I'm Lord, I'm going out of my way to meet with a group of people who are like myself. You know, we're in the same age group. And this is an opportunity that I'm giving to solely talk about you to other people and to seek other relationships with those who are in similar situations or different situations. And I think it's important to have some kind of community in which you can seek spirituality with the Lord. And honestly, for me, by joining the Catholic Instagram community, that has been a lot for me Mm -hmm. to see because it amazes me. And you've seen how many young people are on Instagram very vocal about their faith. And I think that that spiritual openness, it really allows us to connect with a lot of people on so many different levels. And Mm -hmm. it amazes me at how much these younger kids know about traditional Catholicism that I couldn't have learned in all of my many years of religion classes and just attending church and youth group over the years. Because I think, well, for you, I want to ask, is it hard for you sometimes to be more open about your spirituality? I know you had said that you didn't tell many people outside of the Catholic community, especially on Instagram, about your faith so much and that this is your little outlet currently? Is that still how it is? Or if you don't mind my asking? No, I'm glad you asked. And if I'm being honest, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Since you asked, Nicole. (laughs) Um, No, I'm I'm glad that you asked because I'm actually, if anyone is listening to this and you have any ideas for how I can get over my fear of opening up just my belief system to other people who I think will be really shocked and concerned for me, I would love your advice. Uh, Because as you kind of talked about, Nicole, and I've mentioned before that this Instagram is an outlet and it's a community that I had been really wanting to get involved with for so long because I do not really know many Catholics outside of Instagram. And Not many people I know are very open to Catholics, Catholicism, Christianity in general. I won't get into details, but for example, I had a meeting today at work and a few different issues came up that I thought, oh my goodness, if these people really knew how I felt about this, I don't Mm -hmm. know if they could be okay with it. So the idea of me possibly losing people that I would consider good friends because of my belief system is a very scary and difficult 
thing to imagine. So that also, that actually makes me think that uh, living intentionally right now, although I'm trying very hard to do that, I think part of that will very soon require me to be open to others that I love and care about who might have a very difficult time stomaching it. Off the top of my head, the best way to combat that your personal spiritual openness is one trusting god and you need i I know that might be the obvious answer you know my next catchphrase is (laughs) pray about it (laughs) (laughs) but you need to ask god how to approach these situations now i'm not saying you need to climb up top a mountain and shout to the world that you're catholic and how amazing you feel about it we're not in the sound of music although i wish we were <laughs> i love that movie but it's good for you to have that dialogue because you want people to know that you know who you are and what you believe in and yes. i don't like conflict i'm not a debater i don't argue with people about things in my faith and what I believe and what they believe. I don't get into that. You need to keep it light, in my opinion. Of course, if someone says something very false or blasphemous to the faith or might seem like they're attacking, of course, you should try to defend your belief. But I think you just need to be bold. If you believe something, you need to come out and be open about it. I have found that I've always been open about my faith and people have always known, oh, Nicole is that Catholic girl, but I have always been open about my relationship with God and praying, even with friends that I have that may not be as religious. They just know that's a staple for me, but it doesn't take away because I know that I have friends that may have completely different beliefs than I do, or they might not agree with the Catholic faith or the church and things that the church requires or wants, but it's okay. You're not going to lose relationships with people. And if you do, then that really shows what kind of people they are. I hate to say that, but it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that the best thing to do though, for you, especially if you're still new to this, because you don't want to turn people off or make situations awkward go to your church and do you ever get the bulletin after mass on Sundays? Yes, I do. I have gotten into the habit of looking at that and I just see all of these amazing little groups and organizations on the back that I never bothered to look at before. Mm -hmm. And I had actually found my church's young adult group just through the bulletin. They didn't Mm -hmm. really have a Facebook group. So I, I wasn't seeing it on social media. So I assumed we just didn't have one. And then there it was in the bulletin. And I simply sent an email and they added me to the email list. So I was able to get the schedule. I would look into something like that for you and maybe your husband to attend. Or sometimes they even have those moms and tots groups for moms and that could be a really good way because the main focus is on the kids but you'll still meet people who are in that circle and it starts that dialogue and you can meet other moms who are in the same situation you are because like you said you're new to getting in this routine you know you're a mom you want to raise lily in the faith And that's another great way to do it. So being as open as you can, because you do want to communicate to your daughter too, that it is okay to be open in your faith, I would think. Um, Nicole, that is such a good point. And as crazy as this sounds, I had not even thought about that. 
I didn't either. Uh, and I'm not even a mom yet. And that this just came to me. And now I feel it's funny because I've actually envisioned myself sometimes like walking up to certain friends in particular that I think would have a harder time with it. And just being like, I have something I have to tell you. It's really big. And they're probably going to think it's some really crazy, terrible thing. And it's like, I'm Catholic. And then just waiting for the ball to drop. And it's like, oh, okay. But the other part is sort of just hoping through my actions and living out the way that I feel like I should be living as a Catholic, that people would start to recognize something different. And that would start to bring up some kind of conversation about what I'm doing. And part of that is for me, my intentional living, right? So hoping that people are recognizing the way that I am treating people. And it is differently, even though I always tried to treat people well, it's just, it's on a whole different level now. So hoping that that stirs up some kind of conversation and that people will come to learn about this in that way, I suppose. Absolutely. But that's a good point. So I think with that, we can go into step five. Okay. I know we, we've jumped around a little bit, but mm-hmm. so step five, the last one is, I guess, plain and simple, intentional discipleship, <laughs> which <laughs> I guess is the ultimate goal. Once you hit all these steps, <laughs> you get to being intentional, I'm assuming, based on, I haven't read this book by Sherry Woodell, but I would assume reading that whole book would get you here. But this is saying you're making that decision to drop your own net, biblical terms, to make a conscious commitment to follow Jesus in the midst of his church as an obedient disciple and reorder your life accordingly. So like we said before, that's putting God at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. And it is a commitment. I didn't really think about it. Like you mentioned before, making a commitment to do things for yourself. I know when I was committing to losing weight for my wedding to fit my wedding dress or making a plan. I had all these different commitments that I put myself through. I was on a strict meal plan. I wanted to hit a certain goal by a certain point. And I made that commitment and I got there. But this is different because I think you're making this commitment because mm-hmm. it's the end goal. You want right. to be intentional in your everyday faith right. forever. And I, I know that because with the wedding doing all of that, committing to these meal plans and all of this, it got me to that point. But the real commitment there was getting married, I guess, right? (laughs) So it got me to that ultimate commitment, but now I'm here and I can't, that's it. I'm here, but, but, but I'm still committed. So I guess we can relate it the same way, but living intentionally, you need to be consistent. I think from my For my two cents, you need consistency. You need to look at how you're starting and ending every day with God and feel free to jump in here. I I think that uh, I know we are running low on time. Yes. But if you have any last few words. Yeah, I think just to sum it up, because you were sort of summing up living intentionally. And even though I sort of hit on these points, living intentionally to me really, like you said, is constantly for me, growing, being open to God's will for us, praying, whatever that looks like, and trying to live out what we are supposed to be living out in our lives. And that's going to look different for every person. But Absolutely. It's really, we need to to practice what we preach, so to speak. 
I think that's the perfect way to, to end, end this. <laughs> hmm Okay. So I guess then, since we are out of time, we should end this with a prayer. And I know you usually do the prayer, Nicole, but I was thinking since I've been practicing my rosary skills, and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe we can end with the glory be. Absolutely. I, I love that idea. Okay. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Okay. So thank you guys for listening today to our topic on living intentionally in the faith. So if you like this podcast, give us a subscribe. Every Wednesday, we post a new podcast discussing a topic in Catholicism from both My Cradle Catholic and Tara's Convert Perspectives. And while you're at it, why don't you go follow us on Instagram at Notoriously Nicole and at Village Park. You can also search us by using hashtag on Wednesdays We Wear Grace, where you can sit with us. All right. Have a great Wednesday. Bye.